What's going on, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of Trigger. This is Trigger episode number 218. We're here on Thursday, September 17th, and we are 46 days away from the election. We're joined here on Trigger today by one of our favorite guests, the Director of Strategic Communication for the Trump campaign, Mark Water. Thank you so much for joining us again today, Mark. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. So uh, you guys put out a great ad this morning. Uh, I saw it on Twitter about how voters are very concerned about the threat of Joe Biden and the radical socialist left posing to our economy. Um, can you expand on that a bit? Because what, what they, they represent really is downright frightening, especially with the threat to end the filibuster. Yeah, well, I mean, what we're highlighting in that ad is the choice that American voters have to make, especially as it relates to this economy. I mean, you've got Joe Biden, who not only wants to do $4 trillion in new taxes, which is double what even Hillary Clinton proposed, and impose all kinds of Green New Deal regulations that eliminate energy jobs. But then you contrast that with what President Trump's already done, and what we're seeing is working. You know, there was just a study earlier this week from the Census Bureau that showed last year, before the, before the virus hit, we had incomes for households at the highest level in history. You had black Americans seeing higher paychecks, bigger paychecks than, than white Americans in terms of their growth. You saw women outperforming uh, men. It was really everything the Democrats love to talk about, President Trump was already doing. We just have to keep it going. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's really a theme is they continuously talk about all these things. They're all talk, no action. And I think you saw it the other night, the ABC presidential town hall. I think President Trump did a great job dealing with questions that were supposed to be from undecided voters. I mean, maybe they were undecided between Biden and Bernie, but I, I couldn't see any sort of independent there except for one or two of them. Um, and obviously a very hostile moderator in, in George Stephanopoulos. I thought he handled it really well. Do you have any thoughts on that? And just the start juxtaposition from Biden, who only takes pre-approved questions from, you know, his list of liberal activist reporters. Well, I mean, what you saw in that ABC town hall was what you see every day, you know, when the president takes that podium. I mean, he's taking the tough questions. He's talking to the American people. He's also explaining what's going on in the country and how, you know, Democrats are really trying to set things up that there's that there's some sort of false choice that you can either be safe and healthy or we can be open and go back to school. You can either you know, you either support the police or you, you support, you know, racial uh, injustice. I mean, we can do we can tackle all of these things at the same time. And th this false narrative that it has to be one or the other. I mean, President Trump is just blowing apart that narrative time and time again. I mean, he's even shown that you can have cleaner air, cleaner water and care about the environment and have a strong growing economy. And and it's what's driving the Democrats nuts because they have to they have to make America believe that it's either one or the other. And President Trump's making us believe in all the above. Yeah, totally right. makes sense. Yeah. Hi, Mark. It's uh, Matt here. How, how are you? Uh, thanks. Thanks. I'm for doing well. How are you? Since the last time we talked to you, we talked about how the liberal activist press has gotten even worse here. Um, I'm sure we know about the uh, you know about the, the fake news Atlantic story, which has um, died recently. <laughs> no mention in the press at all. Um, lie after lie. Will the liberal media ever realize what they're doing and uh, taking part in here? Well, I'm not sure that I, 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 I'm not sure that they don't know what they're doing. I mean, when you look at this, whether it was whether it was the, the false uh, fake narrative from the Atlantic or, you know, or the crazy uh, stuff that's being reported by Bob Woodward, they are using this and timing these stories so they don't have to talk about the other good things that are going on. I mean, take a look at that Atlantic story that came out the night before a record setting jobs report another record-setting jobs report, and a report that the, that the Fraternal Order of Police, the largest police organization in the country, was endorsing President Trump because he stands with the men and women who are protecting our families, protecting our homes, protecting our, big, our kids and small businesses from the anarchy, rioting, and looting that we've seen going on in American streets. So they're coming up with these narratives just so they don't have to talk about the good news that's going on across America. And not to mention that Atlantic story, I think, was aimed at keeping the president from keeping his promise of pulling out troops from Iraq and Afghanistan. 
that that seemed to be pretty transparent there. And then, of course, you know, the left goes, there's no military industrial complex. I don't know what world they're living in. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about the peace deal real quick here. Uh, it, it's really uh, it really is something, you know, what the president and his team have been able to accomplish in moving the Middle East toward peace with the Abraham Accords. And now it's rumored quite a few other Arab states, uh, possibly including Saudi Arabia, which would be huge, will be joining. Uh, just how significant is this? And, you know, this, this is one of those promised made, promised kept situations for the president. No, absolutely. And I mean, put it in historical perspective, there had not been a peace deal in the Middle East with Israel since 1994. And we had two. Uh, just in the last, just la- you know, earlier this week and last week when it was announced. I mean, that's how significant it is. And it's also significant because it shows that President Trump was right in his thinking that it's time to rethink the Middle East. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone for, for, for decades, presidents of both political parties basically let the Palestinians determine if there was going to be peace in the Middle East. And the president said, no, let's not stop waiting for the people who are the roadblocks to peace. And let's go around and start working with other countries which can open the door. And Israel was there. You see these Arab nations. Obviously, so far, we've got Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates, hopefully many more upcoming. And they're saying, no, we're, we're willing to, to give this a chance. And because it took the president going against the career bureaucrats and, and the career generals of, and, and the think tanks that all thought they knew better and were invested in keeping things the status quo, you've actually got a man who has been nominated now twice in the last few weeks for the Nobel Prize for his work, and most deservedly so. Oh, yeah, certainly more deserving than uh, what Obama did, which was basically just get elected to get the Nobel Peace Prize. And and how do you think the the drawdown of, of troops plays into that overall peace process too, because, you know, I think this, this is something, you know, ending the endless wars. I mean, we grew up with these endless wars. I I think it's something that really resonates with the American people, particularly, I think, younger Republican voters. Well, absolutely. And I also think it shows, again, another promise made, another promise kept by the president in that, you know, if you don't go back that far ago, I mean, shortly before his election, after his election, you know, the liberal media were convinced that he was going to start a war. And, and yet the exact opposite is true. Remember, you know, you had you had some of the idiots from the previous administration saying that moving the, the embassy in Israel to Jerusalem was going to trigger war. That you had, you know, all of these people, including a New York Times story talking about, who, you know, who is Jared Kushner and why is this 36 year old, you know, qualified to negotiate peace? They've all been proven wrong. And it's because this president looks at things differently. He says it doesn't have to be that way just because that's the way it's always been. And I think it's so refreshing to see that this is a president who, look, isn't afraid to take the shot. He's not Joe Biden. You know, if, if there's a terrorist and someone who's threatening our Amer- our country or our allies, he'll take the shot and take him out. He's not weak like Joe Biden, but he also does it with the uh, with the idea that we're taking terrorists off the field to make everyone safer, not to keep ourselves there on that field forever. Yeah. Well, thank God Joe Biden wasn't president uh, back in 2011 because Osama bin Laden still might be alive today. <laughs> so today's Constitution Day, and we love that the president is heading to the archives to put on and partake in the White House Conference on American History. Uh, and we've been really glad to hear the president uh, recently talking about how we need to educate our kids to love and appreciate America, not hate it. What will the president do in a second term to try to tackle this just outright leftist indoctrination that's happening to our youth and, and not just in K to 12 schools, but also colleges and universities. Well, I mean, he's going to stand against it. I mean, this, we have got to stop this indoctrination. We have to start teaching American history, uh, you know, but we also have to start taking pride again in our country. Yep. And I think that's another one of these great, the, these great uh, long-term uh, g- opportunities that president Trump has provided us is that it's time for us to push back. It's time for us to remember that while we are not perfect, our, our country was founded you know, to form a more perfect union, that it, that it wasn't a perfect union. We were looking to form a more perfect union, and that is something that that quest should always continue. It doesn't mean that we erase, eliminate, or destroy our past. It means we learn from it and we move forward together in talking about it. And what we're seeing right now 
in America, especially even in terms of this of the COVID and the stress it has placed. But what we saw was the exact thing our Constitution was designed to prevent. And too many people forget that our rights as Americans don't come from the government. They don't come from the Constitution. They come from the Almighty, and our rights, the Constitution, tells government what it can't do. Government doesn't tell us what we can do. And I think too many people have fallen uh, victim to the other side, especially when you see those liberal governors saying it's okay to burn a church but not go to one. Yep. I was about to bring that up exactly, and that that's a good segue into the coronavirus because a lot of those restrictions – I mean, I saw Attorney General Barr yesterday talking about how it's a major civil rights issue. The liberal media is pushing Joe Biden's coronavirus narrative, I mean, very obviously, about how he would have you know, saved us if he were president, even though the track record indicates that's a total lie, and his so-called plan is everything that Trump has already done. How annoying is it you know, as a campaign to see – just that go totally unchallenged, and they they say, oh yeah, Biden would have done a great job with the pandemic, except President Trump already did everything that he's proposing to do next year. Well, it's it's really nothing that we didn't expect. I mean, whether whether we're in a campaign mode or when I when I or when I was in the White House, we mm-hmm. we always knew that the mainstream media is against everything that we do. In fact, I even remember you know reading a book by uh, by by Ronald Reagan and George W. Bush's uh, press secretary, who Marlon Fitzwater, who said the same thing. He's like, every time we tackle the challenge that was highlighted by the media, they just changed the metrics and they would report on something else. They didn't have any, any interest, even back then, of reporting the good things that were going on. So we'll continue to fight that, but the benefit is, is that President Trump is the first president in history to actually not need the mainstream media. Yep. He doesn't need the mainstream media to get the message out. He actually can take to Twitter, take to his social media platforms and reach more people every single day than watch the Super Bowl every year, which is the number one watched event in television, you know, every single year. He has more he controls more audience than that every single day. And that's what drives the mainstream media mad because we don't need them. Yeah. And neither does the American people. The American people can go get the information for themselves. Exactly. And I think that's that's the biggest thing. You hit it right on is that they've lost their power. Nobody trusts them anymore. They don't control the narrative. And and President Trump's not beholden to anybody. I wanted to pivot to law and order here real quick. Obviously, over the weekend, we had an execution attempt on two sheriff's deputies in Los Angeles. Luckily, that was unsuccessful and those heroes survived. We still cannot get any answers from the Biden campaign or Kamala Harris, who donated or raised money for the Minnesota Freedom Fund, uh, which we now know for sure was used to bail out not only rioters, but uh, a rapist, as reported by the Daily Caller last night, and other very dangerous criminals. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on that? I think what we're seeing, and we've seen such a huge dramatic shift in the polls in favor of the president in just the last few months, I think a lot of it is driven, yes, by the economy, but also driven by what we have seen going on in America's cities and the Democrats just abject, disgusting failure for months on end to condemn it. And the only reason why they did was when the polls were so bad for them, they were forced to do it. And there's a reason why the National FOP, the New York Police Department, the Chicago Police Department, the Southern Police Association, police in Pennsylvania, in North Carolina, have all gotten behind this president because he knows and they know that he stands with the men and women who put that badge on and answer the call that you make to 911 at the most dire time of your life. And we can, again, do more than one thing at a time. We can be against social injustice. We can be against police brutality. We can be uh, for law and order at the same time, we're against all those other things. It's not either or. And so America knows that we need more police, not less. They know that when you see skyrocketing crime and homicides, the arson, the rioting, the looting, which you know, I saw a story yesterday that's totaled over a billion dollars in damage. The answer is not less police. And I think that's one of the reasons why people uh, are really just gravitating to this president, because when they see the Democrats' message on this, Not only do they shake their head, but it's a very real example of how the Democrat Party of your parents and your grandparents is gone. 
It's been taken over and hijacked by the radical left, the, the most extreme elements of the Democrat Party. And uh, and Joe Biden just happens to be their puppet. Yep. Yeah. Hey, uh, Mark, let's shift towards towards the polls here. I know uh, you guys probably get a, a chuckle at some of these, um, these these new these new surveys coming out. You know, you have Biden up seven to ten, but apparently he's not doing too well in key counties in Florida like Miami-Dade. I was just wondering uh, how badly are they underestimating the shy Trump vote this year? Well, I think they're 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 vastly under uh, under representing it. In fact, the same people who are making the same mistakes in 2016 are making them again. And that's why I don't trust their numbers. I trust our numbers because, well, we got it right in 2016. They didn't. And what they don't realize is they're doing what they always do. They're trying to frame this election through the eyes of some previous election. And what they have missed is that President Trump changed the map. President Trump didn't win Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and Michigan the way the Democrats and the media thought was the only way you could win it. He showed a new way forward. And he's doing he did it in, he did it in Florida. He's doing it in Arizona. And what we're seeing in these in our polling is a dramatic shift to the president that's again defying these so-called experts that really don't know anything except how they used to do it. He's showing the new way forward, and they're not capturing it. So we're looking good. We're ahead or right where we need to be or ahead of where we were in 16, and we're right where we need to be to get this president elected as long as we make sure that every single person who supports the president out there gets out to vote, and I'll actually challenge them to do one more thing. Go find one more vote. Find someone who didn't vote in 2016 or voted the wrong way in 2016. You might get lucky and find an 18-year-old, but you know, <laughs> find somebody else. That's too easy. <laughs> find me somebody else. That's just too easy. And get them to the polls too. But if everybody out there across America who supports this president takes the next month and a half to find one more, he wins this thing in a landslide, and so much so that Democrats can't cheat and steal it away. I mean, I was out on a bus tour about a month ago in Colorado, and I registered a new voter. They, this, this woman came up to our bus, said she was 62 years old, never voted in her entire life, didn't know how to do it, didn't know how to register. We got her registered on the spot in Colorado. If I can get somebody registered to vote in Colorado, and I don't even live there, imagine <laughs> what you can do in your hometown where you do live. Exactly. And and you answered my my final question there, you know, no 46 days away from the election now. Thank you so much for your time, Mark. Really appreciate it. Hopefully we'll be able to check in with you again in a few weeks. Absolutely. Look forward to it. All right. So let's tackle the rest of the show here. Mark is Mark is yeah, just a great fantastic. guest. He's just the best. Fantastic. Everybody but, over there, Mark, Liz. I mean, yeah. it's so great to have them on. Uh, yeah. Andrew and Clark is great. Um, I'm, I, they have a great team over great there. Team. And the best people. Let's just real quickly. I don't have this on the list here, but yeah. in retrospect, Remember when we said back, I guess it was, what, July when they made that change in leadership? Yeah. That's when things turned around. Just going to say, all right, it was the Kellyanne move of 2020. (laughs) All right, so we have this morning news coming out. Uh, Subpoenas were submitted for top Obama officials, including former FBI Director James Comey, former CIA Director John Brennan, DNI James Clapper, and other Obama administration officials – uh, including Robert Mueller. Well, we have uh, this morning found out that James Comey does intend to testify. All right. And that will be happening on September 30th. Oh, my. So less than two weeks away. And that, I think, is going to be a very interesting hearing yeah. in the Senate Judiciary Committee. Mueller denied the request. Shocker, because we all know his uh, <laughs> testimony last time really showed that he was in control of that investigation. Pretty much. Um, so that's going to be interesting. I mean, you know... The one thing here, like we were just talking about the other day, mm-hmm. they waited too long. Lindsay yeah. 2.0, come on, man. Like, as Joe get, Biden says, yeah, come on, yeah, man. You got to get shit going. I know. Now they're – I mean, I'm surprised that they're even going to have hearings before the election. So that's yeah. a good That's a good step forward. But, I mean, all this wasted time, know. you know? What did they? What were they doing all summer? The Senate doesn't do barely anything. <laughs> I mean, it's just unbelievable. Switching gears here just over to the election, we now have – for the first time in a yep. long time, yep. President Trump has taken the lead in a new national poll, one of the most reliable, might I add. Rasmussen reports the one who got the 2016 election on the head of the nail. 
shows the president with a one-point lead over Joe Biden in the popular vote, 47% to 46%, uh, which is obviously within the margin of error, and that he have a couple undecided voters in there. However, in this poll, Trump has a nine-point lead among independents. Yeah. That's huge. Yep. And Trump is also showing, they reported this, that, quote, Trump shows surprising strength among other minority voters, suggesting perhaps that he is attracting Hispanic support as violent racial protests continue in many major cities. Indeed, his Rasmussen daily approval rating showed support among non-white voters at 65%. Woo! And remember, months ago, we brought up the point that if Democrats lose even just a few percent of the black vote... It's over. It's over. Yeah. Because Trump is not going to lose working white class voter support. He may lose college-educated white uh, voter support, but... With these recent riots, I think that helps a lot of those people come home, the soft Trump voters, yeah. as we talked about. Yeah. They do but, that in Pennsylvania, so. Yeah, I mean, Trump clearly has momentum here. These numbers are shifting drastically. And let's not forget that polls are a snapshot of the past, yeah. right? If the momentum's continuing here, there's no doubt in my mind that Trump is winning this race right now. And like I said, just look at the campaign's behavior. Yeah. Is the Biden campaign behaving as if they're up seven points right now? No, they're not. They're Absolutely they're not. They're scrambling. And they're, and they're chasing the president all over the country. The liberal media is jettisoning all their, all their October surprise stories early because um, you know the rioting has shifted the polls. So. Yep. And the numbers here don't lie that Trump answers you know, 10 times more questions than Joe Biden during the same time period. I mean, it's unbelievable that people think that Joe Biden, who can't answer any question besides a pre-approved, scripted question that's chosen by the campaign, you know, just just listen to this from yesterday. When he finishes his remarks and he, he takes a few minutes to say, oh, let me bring out my list here. Oh, God. And then he calls on the pre-selected reporters. And even at one point, he says... Number five, so-and-so. I'm like, oh, so that's number five on your list, huh? <laughs> Dry cleaning. Number five. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's take a listen to that. I'll be happy to take some questions now, if that's uh, okay. Let me put my list here. Everybody's sitting. Okay. ABC, Mary. I mean, this guy... Can't, can't not use a teleprompter. Yeah. And President Trump sat out there the other night for an hour and a half at the town hall answering hostile questions from a hostile moderator. Will Joe Biden do the same? No. Will, will Joe Biden have a town hall with the press secretary for George W. Bush? Because that's what just happened the other night. Yeah. I mean, George Stephanopoulos is a Clinton operative. He should have one with Joe Rogan. Well, that, you know, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Did you see the Babylon yes. B article? The one that was like, in a riveting seven-hour interview, Trump gets super stoned with Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. And the, 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 end, the ending of that was so good. I, I got to read this passage from that. got to read this passage. This is from the Babylon B. In a press conference, Nancy Pelosi expressed outrage that Trump would consume something lame and trashy like cannabis instead of a classy drug like cocaine, as she and all the other politicians do. She has launched an investigation into whether Trump was told by Putin to smoke blunts on Joe Rogan's show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this election, I, I was saying last night, you know, when Trump did his press conference at the White House, we will never have this entertaining of a president no, ever again. no. So enjoy it while it lasts, yeah. and hopefully we're going to get four more years of it. But it or is or twelve, yeah, yeah. But that makes them really mad when you say twelve, 12 more years. years. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So we also have Senator Chuck Grassley, the former chair of the Judiciary Committee, who has overseen many Supreme Court nominations. Pressed Joe Biden, "Where's your list, Joe? Yeah, where's your list? Well, like you said the other day, you can't show it." And it's, why can't he show Because it? it's full of communists. Yeah, there, exactly. You know why. <laughs> you know who's on that list. I know. I know. <laughs> now you even have Catholic organizations shredding Joe Biden, launching massive campaigns against him. On Wednesday, Catholic Vote announced a $9.7 million campaign meant to reach Catholic voters in battleground states to clarify Biden's moral platform, which includes support for abortion at any point during 
pregnancy. And this is like we've been talking about. And like Lou Holtz said, Catholic in name only. Yeah. And that's the thing that bothers me, right, is I don't want to have to attack someone's faith. We know that Joe Biden— Oh, I attack people's faith all the time. Well, no, no, no. We know that Joe <laughs> Biden— I'm kidding. —likes to go to church yeah. and is a faithful guy. However, you can't parrot that when you simultaneously support the killing position yeah. of killing babies. Yeah, which is, can't do it. Which basically, yeah. in in the Catholic Church, makes yeah. you not a Catholic, right? Yeah. I mean, there's been instances yeah. in the past where I think one time it actually happened to him where a priest wouldn't give him communion yeah. because of his support for abortion. Yeah. So it's like it's like if you're a Muslim, sorry. I mean, you, you can't have bacon cheeseburgers. Right. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, I mean, you know, and, you, you can't be the spokesperson for Burger King. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> and and, and <laughs> since you brought Muslims up yeah. real quick, an incompatibility oh, yeah. in the left. Yeah. Muslims women, and the gays. Women, Muslims, women, and gays. Yeah. <laughs> the what does the I, left think they're doing here? Yeah. They're putting together like uh, I don't I don't know. Know. It's, that's it's, a whole show in itself. That's like let's let's uh yeah yeah it's a whole show. Um. So. <laughs> You wrote about this, yeah, and this is a couple of things. Frankly, actually. pretty scary here. Yeah. That uh, vote by mail stuff is already problematic. It's disaster. I mean, it really is. I mean, I mean, and it just shows. Like this, this is just why we, you know, states that have no experience doing this shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. It's in person voting. Is it's safe? Dr. Fauci said that. Funny how that got buried. Joe uh, Biden voted in person. Yeah, Joe Biden voted in person early. Yeah, in Delaware. So, yeah, in North Carolina, voters got multiple absentee ballots. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Pennsylvania, this is even worse actually. In Pennsylvania, they're not, they're 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 going to accept ballots whose signatures don't match. Yeah, I mean the the thing that makes this worse yeah. is that. These are two of the most exactly. vital I mean, states. I mean, is it is it any shock that that that's happening? Especially, I mean, Democrats control. Uh, well, not they don't control, but they, yeah. the governor is under a de- is under a Democrat, Tom Wolf, and yeah, apparently that was handed down to county officials, even if uh, the the voter signature doesn't match, except the ballot. Yeah, just well, shows you how Democrats know <clears throat> that flipping Pennsylvania this year is going to be tough, so it's it easier. Yeah, definitely, and there's lawsuits pending on both of this. Good. And both campaigns have been hiring massive numbers of lawyers in yeah. anticipation of Election Day. Oh, I mean, I hope that we win by so much that it's not even necessary. Yeah. But if it is necessary, then – Self-coup. Gotcha. Ruthless. <laughs> we have to be kidding, kidding. ruthless. Yeah. Has to be like Florida 2000. Yeah. Get me Roger Stone. Yeah. We need ground yeah. operations to hold nine or, yards. Uh, so when Dennis Leary plays Mike, uh, dem, dem operative Michael Woolley, he's like, mm-hmm. first new fights is going to win. Yeah. Person stops fighting, loses. You know, yeah, that's, like, that's what happens. This, this is a game of musical chairs. The person yeah. who's, you know, when the music runs out. <laughs> and that's what the liberals truly want is a big circus recount, you know, super close election. That way they can use it to delegitimize the president just as they did with the Russian collusion hoax. I mean, we'll underline this key fact yet again. Yep. Vote in person. Yeah, vote. You're all Republicans. Vote in person. In yeah. person. That is the only way that you can make sure that your ballot counts. Yeah. Now, there are some places, like New Jersey, yeah. where my parents live, mm-hmm. that will not allow you to vote yeah. in person yeah. unless you have a disability. What? Yeah. Yeah. It's mandatory vote by mail. And if you don't have a disability and you want to vote in person, you have to file it as a provisional uh, ballot. King Murphy's this, edict. Yeah, King Murphy's. King Murphy. Um. When I was watching the Eagles game up there, the yeah. crowd I was with loved that name, King Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> but that's being challenged in court by the Trump campaign. Good. Very heavily. That's bullshit. It is bullshit. And uh, my friend's grandma was hilarious. She's like, okay, well, then I'm just going to get my cane out of the closet and walk in there, <laughs> walk in there with a real bad limp. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is – what is – what is I don't understand that. Yeah, I no. really don't understand. New yeah. Jersey had massive problems – Patterson. With mail-in ballots. Patterson, New Jersey, their entire municipal elections had to be invalidated because around 20% of the ballots were fraud, were fraudulent. Yeah. In fact, people have been charged. Yeah, and not only that, that a story that broke this week, they they found a box with oh, yeah. 2,000 ballots from the July primary. Yeah. Here, here they go. That, that's, that's what's going to happen in mass. If we and, allow these Democrats to keep doing what they're doing with this whole mail-in shit. Right and now. with the number of people that voted in the July primaries, 2,000 ballots was a significant oh, yeah. amount. That's a we lot. We had several races up there decided by tens of yeah. votes. 
You got, I mean, you, I mean, we have dead cats getting ballots. Dogs? You got yeah, dogs you getting got dog, ballots? I, mean, <laughs> I love when Trump yeah, yeah, says yeah, yeah. that. <laughs> you got dogs getting ballots? <laughs> what the hell is going on here? Yeah, we can't have it like this. They're, yeah. they're, they, are, they are setting the ground to steal this election. Yeah. I mean, as Mark said, that, I mean, that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Is, uh, they can't beat us, so they're cheating. So. It's like just in, in the movie uh, Recount when we watched the other night. Yeah, good movie. Um, where I forget, it was the guy who was in charge of the recount for us. The one oh, James by, Baker. Yeah, James former, Baker. Yeah, former, yeah. Where he big, says, big uh, you know, Daly stole it for Kennedy, yeah. and this Daly's going to try to steal yeah. it for Gore. No, that was, no, that was uh, ben, uh, ben Ginsburg. Ben Ginsburg, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was, like, he was like, a, like a co-captain, though. That. Who now, by the way, is a total traitor. I don't know if you saw what's been happening with him recently. He wrote a, a WAPO op-ed that's oh, like, no. there's no such thing as voter fraud. Yeah, he's deranged. Oh, you know, It's no. sad. It's very sad. Uh, that, but that's happened to a lot but of hey, Republicans. Listen, he got, he got, he got it. He, 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 he allowed us to land the Bush plane. He got, he, oh yeah, he yeah, brought yeah. it in for a landing. For sure. You I know? mean, you know, when we were watching that movie the other night, we were yeah. saying to each other, I mean, God forbid if Gore was president during nine yeah. eleven, and and the preceding years. I mean, yeah. so everything happens for a reason. But uh, this is a street fight for the presidency of the United States. It doesn't, and, it doesn't get any more political than this. <laughs> and yeah. he, those yeah. comments may be. Uh, stunningly appropriate, yeah, yeah, prophetic for what's yeah. about to happen here. I mean, you see the yeah. Dems already putting these stories out there. Yeah, they're saying, "Oh, if we don't get the result we want, which is Biden, yeah. we're gonna riot we're gonna and we're riot. gonna destroy shit. We're, we're gonna, gonna, gonna kill. Lit- people. We're gonna litigate you to death." Um, yeah, it's like it's. Yeah. They're basically using the tactic of elect Joe Biden or else. Yeah, yeah, and we're, we'll tell you kind of what the or else is. But yeah. it could be as simple as, you know, burning down a Starbucks. <sighs> or it could be coming into the suburbs and trying to murder people. You know, yeah. either or. Either it or. could be right in there. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. That, that Luckily, though, we do have tough guys like James Baker types. I agree. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, James Baker, listen, he's still alive. He's still tough. But yep. the man deserves retirement. I mean, he served his country, you know, Secretary of State, you know, yeah, White definitely. House Chief of Staff. Let, let him be. Yeah. We have our own tough guys now. But... Like you said, the Democrats—they're not—they're uh, not like that weenie crew that Al Gore assembled. No, yeah, um, Ron Klain. Yeah, um, you know they—they they, Baker went for the jugular. They didn't, and both sides now have that. So it'll, it'll be nasty. Oh, it's definitely. You know, we talked about be this. Nasty. It'll be nasty. I mean, the delays. Uh, you know, with with the results. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if we could have a Florida-style recount delay in terms of certification of the results uh, in this era. I think. I think yeah. it'll be. There will be like, like social media, yeah, like you know, like how like the they called it the the Brooks Brothers um, riot, you know, when they they were trying to uh, count ballots without the media knowing yeah. about it, you know. I think that that is like Sesame Street compared to what would happen with the left. Totally, they agree. would totally burn. What what city was that in Florida? That was in, it was in Volusia County. It was one of the, it was one yeah. of the four Dem no, 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 counties. It was Miami Dade. Miami Dade. Yeah, yeah. Bur- they'll burn Miami to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the good thing is, is I think that we're going to win by so much that it's not going to be a factor. I hope so, yeah. Because if you look at what's going on here, I mean, it truly is stunning to me yeah. that the Biden campaign is making the same mistakes yeah. as Hillary made four years ago. Yeah. They have no ground game. None. No ground game, yeah. not just in, in many states, but in key states. You Such that, as Michigan, you said, Wisconsin. Yeah, I was saying you said in Michigan they found a staffer, a Biden staffer, who was like who laughed at when when she when uh, when when asked about the ground game. She's like, "What ground game?" Yeah, what well, she said. Yeah, define right? on the ground. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, okay, like, oh, well, geez. that's great. And President Trump's heading out yeah. to Wisconsin tonight, yeah. and he uh, will be in. Is he uh, gonna go to Kenosha again? No, not Kenosha. Yes, yeah, we're going to Mosinee. Oh, Mosinee, Mosinee Wisconsin. Yeah, right. Uh, and I mean, the president is out there campaigning yeah. and he's going to, he's going to fight hard. He's not going to leave anything on the field. That's no. for sure. Oh, and he should definitely bring up the riots again. Yeah. As an yeah. aside, folks, the recent study came out from an insurance company. These were the costliest riots in American history yep. this summer, over a billion dollars in yep. damages. And, and, and that's a low ball estimate. They said it could be much higher. Axios says it's on its way to at least $2 billion, $2 making billion. it the most expensive in history. $2 billion. More expensive than the L.A. riots yeah. in 92. And the point being, you really think 
you Democrats thought that they could like not like you know that that would be buried or suffocated in, during mm-hmm. this election cycle that voters aren't going to notice you know their neighborhoods totally torched yep. that business owners aren't going to notice their their livelihoods have completely evaporated overnight. Yep, it matters. Well, in Minneapolis, yeah, you know Minnesota is a battleground now. Yeah, even though some of these suppression polls are hilarious and trying to say, oh yeah, Biden's up by four fourteen in oh, Minnesota. Yeah. It's you cool. know Hillary only won it by two, but Biden's up by fourteen. Yeah, I know. It's like ridiculous. Um, yeah. I mean, who believes that yeah. shit? But Minneapolis residents say they now feel like they're living in a war zone. They're begging mm. the mayor and city council for de- for pleas to help over the uptick in violent crime, and. They said uh, one one voter, one resident in Minneapolis told CBS Minnesota, honestly, I really haven't been sleeping because I can't. I hear every little thing that's going on. Police sirens, the helicopters, the guns, shooting, everything. You're sleeping and all of a sudden you feel like you're in a war zone. I have four children and I sleep with them all in my room because I'm scared and I'm terrified that something's going to happen to them. The police chief said the gun violence in the northern part of the city is the worst it's been in a very long time, perhaps decades. Just next door to the to Liz Cruz's home, the woman we were just talking about, yeah. a stray bullet passed through the house. Oh. And residents in her community have had to run inside even in the daylight when gunshots could be heard. Wow. But you have the uh I wonder why that is. It, yeah. Could it be because they defunded the police two months ago? They're moving Did to the Did you see that story police? from yesterday? Yeah. They're like, oh, oh, we can't believe that crime is yeah. spiking. Why Why is crime <laughs> spiking? And then the city council president, Lisa Bender, who said that calling 911 is, a, an, is, a, is an exercise in white privilege, is like accused the cops of yeah. refusing to enforce law and order. Yep. It's, this is like the militant tendency ruling over Minneapolis. Yep. And and speaking of <laughs> speaking of Minneapolis, we were just talking about the Minnesota Freedom Fund earlier with Mark. Yeah. A little bit more background on what we were talking about here with the Daily Call. We're reporting that court documents show a man bailed out by the Minnesota Freedom Fund in July stands accused of sexually assaulting an eight-year-old girl. An eight-year-old girl. In June. The the Minnesota Freedom Fund provided support to a man accused of curb stomping and robbing a victim in Minneapolis on May 25th, the day George Floyd died in police custody. The Daily Caller also reports that court documents show the Minnesota Freedom Fund helped bail out a man in August accused of assaulting a 71-year-old woman while burglarizing her home. There's also way more uh, information here about other violent criminals that uh, Kamala Harris and the Biden campaign have returned to the streets through their support of the Minnesota Freedom Fund. And that's something that the press refuses to ask Joe Biden or Kamala Harris about and that I hope Vice President Mike Pence is going to be really prepared with that one yeah. coming out firing. Yeah. Because like you said, law and order resonates yeah. and that – yeah. You know, when you're helping bail out criminals, yeah. rioters, rapists, yeah. murderers. Uh, I, I mean, mean, Democrats have become the party of lawlessness. Yeah. I mean, yep. the, 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 tr- the, the Trump presidency has just so driven them mad that they will d- defend the indefensible. How do you defend mm-hmm. letting a, an eight-year-old rape uh, – a rapist of an eight-year-old out in the street? Yeah. So no, I know. Um, and, and just – uh, you know, Lancaster, where we had the crazed knife-wielding guy that was shot by police with, in a justified shooting. Yeah, it was clearly, justified. Ju- clearly justified. Clearly justified shooting, right? That cop well, was going to get killed. You had the rioters that came out in force and Franklin and Marshall College. Yeah, which is very, very close to that area, right? Yeah. Uh, a student there named Cat Patterson was charged with arson, institutional vandalism, rioting, failure to disperse, obstructing highways, uh, and disorderly conduct and defiant trespass. Really throwing the book wow. at her. Which Good. is awesome, Good. by the way. Good. And, and Attorney General Barr, which we didn't really even get to talk about, also yeah. suggested potential sedition charges for these rioters going forward. But what's really interesting about this story is that the president of the college – Posted on their social media, the support for this student, this rioter who was arrested, right, and is now raising money to get her out of- to bail them out. Oh God, that's where we're at here. Yeah. We have college presidents openly endorsing rioting. I mean, how much more crazed can the left yeah. get? I don't know. 
How much further can they go? I don't know. I mean, you're right there. <laughs> I really don't know. I wouldn't have thought we'd gotten this yeah. far, but clearly we have. Some good news this morning. Senator Tom Tillis has uh, introduced the Protect and Serve Act, which is a great piece of legislation. Unfortunately, probably does not have a chance of becoming law. Unless, of course, unless, of course, we win the election and, and take a couple more Senate seats, maybe. But... The Protect and Serve Act, which was joined in co-sponsor by uh, a lot of great Republicans in the Senate, would make it a federal crime to uh, cause or knowingly attempt to cause serious bodily injury to a federal, to a law enforcement officer. Offenders are subject to imprisonment for a minimum of up to 10 years, and an offender can, leave, can receive an automatic life sentence if a death results from oh, the wow. offense. Wow. And the offenses include kidnapping, attempted kidnapping, attempted murder. In 2020, just this year, there's been 37 law enforcement officers killed in the U.S., an increase of more than 20% over this time last year. Of those, eight were ambushed in execution premeditated style attacks. Two were victims of an unprovoked attack, and the other 27 officers were killed in the line of duty. However, one thing interesting reading that that just came to mind. How many unarmed black men were killed this year? Or black women? Yeah. Don't know. Three? Four? Yeah. Hmm. That Jeez. seems to be unproportional. Yeah. I don't know. And it could be because our cities are being run by George Foros funded and controlled district attorneys. Oh, you can't say that. Well, according can't to, say that on Fox News, Storm. According to Fox News, you can't say that. And this, I, I couldn't, I was watching this live yesterday. And I could not believe that this happened on Fox News. And I'll tell you why I think it's happening there in a second. But let's listen to this clip first and then we'll talk about it. Right. Speaker Gingrich, I know yeah. you have a final thought for us. Yeah, look, the number one problem in almost all these cities is George Soros elected left-wing, anti-police, pro-criminal district attorneys who refuse to pe keep people locked up. Uh, just yesterday... They put somebody back on the street who's wanted for two different murders in New York City. Uh, you cannot solve this problem. And both Harris and Biden have talked very proudly about what they call progressive district attorneys. Progressive district attorneys are anti-police, pro-criminal, and overwhelmingly elected with George Soros' money. And they're a major cause of the violence we're seeing because they keep putting the violent criminals back on the street. I'm not sure we need to bring George get Soros into this. <laughs> I was going to say you get the last word, he Speaker. <laughs> he, he, he paid for it. I mean, why can't we discuss the fact that millions no, of he dollars he spent? I, I agree with Melissa. George Soros doesn't need to be a part of this conversation. Okay. So it's verboten. All right. We're going to. Okay, we're going to move on. So there you have the former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. Yeah. As shocked as I was. Verboten. Yeah. <laughs> as shocked as I was that apparently you can't talk about facts anymore here because you had – and I couldn't believe, you know, this is to be expected from Marie Barf. She's just yeah. the fucking worst. Yeah. I could go on for a day about her. Total moron to be expected. But Melissa Francis yeah, saying, oh, I don't think we need to bring that up. It's very important. It's very important. There's a, there's a money trail. There's a clear money there, trail. There are receipts. Kim Gardner. Yeah. Soros funded. The entire West Coast's DAs are all Soros funded. Here in Fairfax County, Virginia, it is a Soros funded and controlled, they call it Commonwealth's attorney here, but it's a district attorney. Yeah. Who has now said... That not only will they uh, take a lighter hand on prosecuting assaults against police officers, which we've talked about plenty here, they're not going to uh, take a take a hand in prosecuting misdemeanors, you know, such as vandalism or trespassing or destroying property or anything like that. Huh. Must I mean, be nice to be a criminal nowadays. Yeah. I, I mean, I just can't believe that Fox has gone this far left. And it's yeah. not just me that's saying this. Yeah. It's many people. Well, they were interrupting <laughs> the, the convention coverage. 
Yeah, well, that I mean, was, like, oh, that was, that was well, you know, that's weird. because the primetime guys have big egos, which I can understand. You yeah, know, that's still that's bullshit. Just, but it is, because people wanted to watch the speeches, yeah, well, you know. Yeah. You could watch Tucker any time of the year. The RNC happens once, right? Yeah. So, the my conspiracy theory oh, on why yes, this is happening to Fox, because you if you turn Fox on on the weekends, it is fucking unwatchable. Totally unwatchable. At least during the week, it's, you know, somewhat watchable. And at night, I love you know the nighttime lineup is great, of course, but you have Paul Ryan sitting on the board of News Corp, which controls Fox News. You don't think that his hate for Trump is seeping down into the operation? You don't think that yesterday, when they laid off three percent of their workforce at Fox News? And and it just so happens that many of those laid off were some of the most ardent Trump supporters in the company. Mm-hmm. It's very obvious what's happening here. And if they want to go this way, fine by me. You know what? Because at this point, I'm not even sure we need Fox News anymore. We have right? Trump. We have, you have Trump's Trump. Twitter, Twitter account. Yep. And when Trump is no longer president, he's going to start Trump TV. Yeah. He's going to start Trump yeah. TV. Yeah. And I will gladly watch that all the time because what i see on fox every day is just outright disgusting right you they let these liberal guests come on they don't challenge what they say they let like, them lie like chris hahn yeah, yeah. and marie harf yeah and um and uh wh- who's that other one leslie uh the one who posted that tweet that you know blew up i forget what her name is but jessica tarlov no, she's terrible too with her grandma glasses. Oh, um, I mean, I have something bad to say about all of them, but it really is noticeable that Fox News is lurching to the left, and it's sad because I love Fox News, and sometimes yeah. I can't just watch it anymore. It used to be our network, you know. It's in, it, on the weekends. It's indistinguishable between CNN and Fox News. It's basically yeah, well, the same. Chris I Wallace. I mean, you have Chris Wallace, uh, Neville Arthel, which she's just a moron about everything. I mean, the uh, one time I remember I was watching and she was ranting about the minimum wage or something, and I'm like, "Am I watching fucking communist <laughs> TV here? It's just unbelievable." <laughs> And so when they tell you not to talk about George Soros, there's a reason they're telling you not to talk about it is because it's the truth and he controls a lot of shit and he's also the one who's allegedly funding a lot of these riots that are going on. Yeah. So not only is he funding the lawlessness and the riots, he's got the assurance on the back end that those criminals are just going to be let right out back into the ecosystem to do his bidding. And Newt Gingrich understands that, but apparently you can't say that anymore. So, and we'll continue to talk about that here. Real quickly, uh, on coronavirus and China, Trump announced the military will help administer the coronavirus vaccine when it becomes available. The new re- newly released national vaccine distribution plan sent out to the governors of all 50 states on Wednesday. Tremendous plan. Even yeah. Biden couldn't come up with anything yeah. bad to say about it. Yeah. Uh, Biden yesterday flip-flopped on his national mask mandate. Remember, he was for it before he was against it, and now he's for it again. Well, because it's legally – it's impossible. Well, he says he has the authority. No, he doesn't. He says he would have the authority. And them just trying to bring back to life this coronavirus narrative is really something to watch. Yeah. Because they see that they're losing the election, and they see that the further that the coronavirus concerns drop down the list of, of voter concerns, the worse that they're doing. And not only that, they're also competing with the fact that a, a vast majority of people in this country, 61% of voters, recognize that the Democrats in Congress are the ones responsible for torpedoing the latest coronavirus relief package. Hmm. Yeah, people aren't. That's significant. Yeah, people aren't. Yeah, like, well, like that means they, we're breaking through the yeah, leftist narrative yeah. because you won't hear that if you turn oh, on no any, way. any of those. Channels. No, you watch CNN, forget about it. Uh huh. Or MSNBC, forget about it. Yeah, and, and good news. So, but there is some movement now on those bills because of this negative press. Yeah. Well, so about, about time. A little too late for some people, though. Sadly. No, I know. I mean, really, they we know the left doesn't care about yeah. average Americans. In, they, yeah, they oh. care about lining their wallets. As an aside, did you see those emails from the Nashville mayor? Oh yes. Totally lied mm-hmm. about COVID, you know, but shut down the bars and the restaurants anyway. Yep. This is why nobody trusts them anymore. Oh, I know, and rightfully so. 
Well, you know, uh, Attorney General Barr yesterday said that uh, the COVID, persistent COVID lockdowns in Democrat states may be one of the biggest civil rights yeah. issues of our time. Yeah. And I, I would totally agree with that. <laughs> one funny thing that happened here. Republican Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana. Oh, he has is, some zingers, man. He, he, he had, really he does. <laughs> and uh, he went on, on Hannity's show on Tuesday night. Take a listen to what he had to say about Nancy Pelosi. Here now with more reaction, Senator John Kennedy. I think the Senate should sign on to this, Senator. Sean, with respect, there are times, particularly recently, when I think Speaker Pelosi is one of those people who tried uh, Tide Pods. <laughs> he, went, he went back to the Tide Pods, yeah. and I love it. That was that was a great slam. And, I mean, Nancy Pelosi, we all know who and what she is. So she she really is the premier case study and example of why we need term limits in Congress. Yeah. She really is. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's rough because there's some great legislators out there that have been there for a really long time. They care about their constituents. They do the work of their district that would get, you know, kicked yeah. out because of term yeah. limits. Like my congressman from New Jersey, Chris Smith, who's been yeah. there, I think now, this will be 40 years. Yeah. And... But he cares about the people, right? Yeah. He's not one of those congressmen that go out there to make a national well, brand. I was going to say, it, it, puts, he, it puts majorities at risk yeah. you know, for, for people yeah. who, who believe in – I don't believe in the theory of permanent, uh, permanent political majorities. I just don't because there's opinion polls and opinions change. But yeah. I mean I, – but I think the good for, uh, outweighs the, the bad in terms of that. Yeah. Because some of these guys we like, they get – I call Potomac syndrome. Mm-hmm. They get in there too long. They get you know wind and dined by the special interests, yep. and then they don't you know work for the people anymore. Yep. They become you know more concerned about reelection and getting that you know six figure check from you know the various groups. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Maybe it's time every you know for congressman after you know six you know six years. So that's what three terms. Time to flush the toilet, right? Yeah, you know, you know, I would you know, even I if would it's even, yellow, let, let let it mellow. Well, guess what? You still got to flush that fucking thing every now and then. I so. would even say that realistically, you could do twelve years for both, because oh, two you terms know, for Senate, two terms for Senate, yeah, six terms six for terms. House. Okay. I mean, you know, to rack up those kind of House victories is is a lot it more is. difficult. You know, you're talking it about is. six elections versus yeah. two, and then after like six, after like two months of winning re-election in the House, you got to worry about re-election. Right, right. right. You got to start, got to go, start going back and raising money and doing those fundraisers. And that's honestly, it's really a pain. You know, it's a pain in the ass to be a House member. <laughs> I was about to say that's house actually one of the things you know if we're talking about electoral reform that I yeah. could potentially see changing. But I like the idea of midterm elections because it gives you a check in the middle of you know if you make that four years. Yeah. I mean, what you could do. I mean, is, there is still a midterm election in four in four years, right? Oh no, no. There well, isn't. there wouldn't be if for, you, only if, for the Senate. If you tied it to the right? presidential year, it yeah, wouldn't be. But what you could do for the four year terms is is stagger it to a midterm, right? Yeah. So say for example. 2018, you have congressional elections, which gets you through to 2022. Yeah. But in 2020, of the presidential, but I also kind of like how it's all one big wave, right? Yeah. Because if we if we you know surge Trump votes this yeah. fall, there is a chance you can retake the that house. we could retake yeah, the house because of the rioting. What about another? Yeah. I, 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 since we're on the subject here, real quick, mm-hmm. one six year term for the presidency. That's a big change. Yeah. yeah. But it's an interesting debate though, right? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, yeah. what, I mean, should we have two four-year terms or just one non-renewable six-year term? For the presidency, for the I like I like the two four-year terms for the presidency. Yeah. I could see changing terms of other offices. Yeah. Maybe even the Senate, they should lessen the term. I yeah. mean, six years is a while. Six years right? is a long um, time. But I don't know. It's all a very interesting debate. Yeah. But one interesting thing is that Trump in his second term platform does have electoral reform, congressional reform, congressional term limits on there to go along with his restrictions on lobbying and all that stuff. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that is draining the swamp. Yeah. So let's hopefully we, we can get that happen. Um, real quickly here on China, the FBI indicted Chinese spies hacking Chinese companies. I'm not going to try to attempt their names, but we have five Chinese hackers here. Zhang yeah. <laughs> <With> Horan. <laughs> we too low? <laughs> Is it we too low and – oh, what's that one? No. Ho- holy fuck. Look at this one. Look at this one. It's, it's Fu K. 
Kyung. Fu Kyung. <laughs> Quinchon. Hold on. Mr. Producer, are these fucking fake names? Yeah, I don't know. Are these names? I don't know. But let me tell you something. <laughs> the, the charges against them aren't fake. They're fucking wire fraud, hacking computers, money wandering, and you know. The left just wants to say China's no threat. Yeah. Um, well, listen, you got to do a lot of stuff when you're stealing our shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Quickly on That's the good. Middle East piece here, Get Kaylee McEnany is slamming the media uh, and Pelosi for calling the historic peace deals a distraction. Uh, let's take a listen to what she said. What I will weigh into is the Middle East peel, um, the Middle East peace deal signed yesterday that I did not receive a single question about. That was the first time it's happened in a quarter of a century. If Obama and Biden had achieved this, um, there would look a lot different. Uh, you wouldn't have Chuck Todd saying he's uncomfortable with the deal that brings peace between the United Arab Emirates and Israel in Bahrain. Um, you wouldn't have C CBS calling it, quote, a business deal. And you wouldn't have Nancy Pelosi calling it a distraction. Uh, maybe it's a distraction from her visits to the hair salon, but those were significant agreements. First time in a quarter of a century, three peace deals in 29 days. Took 26 years uh, for the prior two peace deals. So this, uh, the Nobel Peace Prize nomination for the president, two of them, um, very well deserved. Thank you. She's oh just the best. Gosh, she's she's just, the best. Oh my god! She's the best. Oh my god! I really hope she, you know. I know. I know she's got a young nine one one. I like to report a murder. Yeah, I know she's got a young kid, but I hope she sticks around for a second term. She's yeah. one of those people that I really think we've struck fire with, yeah. and she does a great. But she's job. absolutely right. I mean, this is like calling the Camp David Accords a no, distraction. I know. I know. And then listen, I'm not a big fan of Jimmy Carter in the slightest. Yeah, but that was a historic event. Mm -hmm. It was. I mean, Egypt recognized Israel's right to exist and signed a peace treaty. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, that I mean that 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 is no small feat, and and it probably I I, I think it most certainly led to the to um, Anwar Sadat's assassination. Yeah. So. Well, interestingly enough, we have John Kerry back in the news here because oh, him being totally wrong. Yeah, because an old <laughs> clip came out about why he's totally wrong, and and this clip really explains why neither Biden nor Kerry should ever be within reach of American foreign policy in the future. Because it was a total failure in the past, and they're just totally wrong. Just totally wrong. Take a listen to this. There will be no separate peace between Israel and the Arab world. I want to make that very clear to all of you. I've heard several prominent politicians in Israel sometimes saying, well, the Arab world's in a different place now. We just have to reach out to them, and we can work some things with the Arab world, and we'll deal with the Palestinians. No, 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 and no. I can tell you that reaffirmed even in the last week as I have talked to leaders of the Arab community. There will be no advance and separate peace with the Arab world without the Palestinian process and Palestinian peace. Everybody needs to understand that. That is a hard reality. I mean, what a smug fuck. He really is. I remember, mean, do you remember when they were doing the Iran, yeah. uh, the shitty Iran deal, yeah. and he fell off his bike? Yeah, well, he fell off the bike again with this with this uh, fucking clip. I mean, come yeah. on. I mean, like, 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 like Mark said, it's funny how you know the New York Times devoted like you know what is this thirty six year old kid named yeah. Kushner doing, and then like you know, boom, he gets it done. Yep. You don't need all these. You know, sometimes the people with the most experience doesn't get they, they don't get shit done. I know. Sure, I mean, Kush and folks, Kushner. you know this, folks. I mean, our listeners know this. I mean, look at all these career politicians. Yeah. Joe Biden, 47 years. What do, you, what do you get done? Nothing. Nothing. I like the line that they've been using. Trump's done more in 47 months than Biden has in 47 yeah, years, funny. which is really good. Yeah. Uh, the Biden gaffe of the day, which I'm not sure is really a gaffe at this point. This kind of is an interesting question. Yeah. This is what we'll close the show with today. Sure. Do you remember when Kamala Harris said a Harris administration together with Joe Biden? Yes. This was a couple days ago, yes. right? Yes. I think we talked about it on the last episode. Yes. Well, the very next day, Joe Biden himself said the same thing. And is it a, is it a mistake? I don't know. We report. You decide. You, decide. you be the judge. Take a listen. Harris-Biden administration is going to relaunch that effort and keep pushing further to make it easier for military spouses and veterans to find meaningful careers, to ensure teachers know how to support military children in their classrooms, and to improve support for caregivers and survivors so much more than we do now. You really can't make this up. No. I mean, we knew she was going to be in charge, yeah. but she may not even have to use the 25th Amendment. He's already yeah. basically yeah. stepping back. So that's really interesting. I don't know. Uh, I mean, he gives one speech and he's tired. 
Yeah, he's exhausted. I mean, can you imagine him doing a full day's work uh, as president? He can't do it. Well, you know, that was the really unbelievable thing about the other day uh, on Wednesday. Or no, not Wednesday. Tuesday. Trump started the morning super early with a Fox and Friends live phone interview. Then he signed the peace accords, right? And then he held a press conference. And then he went up to uh, Philadelphia and did the town hall with a hostile audience and hostile moderator. Yeah. This man's working 20-hour days out here. Biden can't even keep a four-hour schedule Venturing together. Venturing into all the territory, yeah. as you said. And, and you know what? I, I think he does best, honestly, when he goes into unfriendly territory. Yeah. He yep. handled that town hall like a boss against some very nasty people, mind you. Very yep. nasty people. And it was good to bait prep. The man was cool as a cucumber. Yep. And... Um, yeah, yeah. I, actually, I thought I thought it was a good town hall for, for him. Definitely, it shows that he he's willing to take the tough questions. Yeah, I think that resonates with the American yeah. voters. All right, so let's wrap up the show here. Let's do it. Um, our exclusive election podcast here at Town Hall Media: War for the White House is available wherever you get your podcasts. Very, very good. Um, and rumor has it maybe I will be on it tomorrow. We'll see. I haven't decided who's going to be on it yet. So <laughs> it might be me. It might not. Who knows? People are saying. Of course, we love it when you all give us your five-star ratings and reviews here on Triggered. Thank you so much for all of those. If you'd like to reach out, email us, triggered at townhall.com. And, of course, follow us on Twitter at TriggeredTHM. We will see you on Tuesday for another episode of Triggered. Have a great weekend. See ya.